expect me to talk. No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to listen to Blockbuster Night. Welcome. Okay, that, was, yeah, yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know where you were going with that, but I'm not where it ended up. Will, Will took us all aside and said, Guys, I got an idea. <laughs> and we just heard it. Ish. I'm going to do the entire podcast in Con- Sean Connery's voice. Oh, cool. Do, do Con Seanery. Con Seanery. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Con Seanery. What if he had a podcast where he reviewed all the James Bond movies he wasn't in, and it's like, I hate this movie. There's not enough comedy. Roger Moore or something. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, there goes our, yeah, our yeah, initiative. I don't care for the Timothy Dalton, but I do like Sean Connery. Sean Connery impression is terrible. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. We, well, we we can't all be the guy from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that guy's Connery who Daryl Hammond. No, is that a Daryl Hammond? Yeah, yeah, Hammond. yeah. It's, okay. It's the guy who um whoever does it during Jeopardy. Okay, the, with the it's best Darryl of Will Ferrell. Hey, like hey, everybody. I'm Brandon. I'm Sean. I'm Mike. And Will. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Sean Connery just left. Will just came in. Will, uh... He has to go back to Scotland. You didn't miss much. Sean Connery was here. He told us that we're watching a James Bond movie today. Yes. Um, the first one that came out in the 90s, which is 1995's GoldenEye, directed by Martin Campbell, who also directed uh, Casino Royale about, like, 11 years later. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, starring Pierce Brosnan in the role as James Bond, and mm-hmm. you have Sean Never Dies Bean yeah. as the main villain, Alex Trevelyan. <laughs> you have Famp Jackson, Famp Jansen, Famke Jansen. Famke, Famke Jansen. Famke Jansen. It's probably Famke. Yeah. Famke. Yeah. As um, Xenia on a top. Xenia <laughs> on a top. <laughs> like, if you've ever seen a James Bond movie, like it, that, that's not as bad as Pussy Galore or Holly Goodhead. Yeah, but it, it's still plenty of tool. Plenty of tool. Plenty you of could tool. go down the list. I love in the movie too, where it's like, "My name's Plenty," and then Sean Connery goes, "Of course you are." <laughs> well, not Austin Powers did a lot of vagina. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever seen yeah. like Thunderball and you only live twice, like that's pretty much where Austin Powers came from. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's the like it, it, you'd think that. Austin Powers is outlandish and over the top. Like it pretty much just does whatever those two Bond movies do. Yeah, I love James Bond though. Like I will say that. Like I have a special place in my heart for James Bond. Given I do not feel that the gender or sexual politics of the older movies have aged well because they have not at all. But well, you kind of call that out in this I was movie. Say, yeah, they do get cool. to that later on. But uh, I mean, to see James Bond, bit. and I know that we've used this. All the time where it's like you have to see it at a certain age. But I feel like to see James Bond as like a teenager is to kind of fall in love with it. Despite the <clears> fact that the movies can be silly, campy, and over the top. But you take the good with the bad. Um, That's what I wanted to say is because uh, this is the first time I've seen Goldeneye. I've never seen it before. Oh, oh. not even, Maybe like small bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got introduced to James Bond because back in the early 2000s, back when uh, the... Channels like ABC didn't actually have stuff to air in the summer, because now TV's basically year-round. Uh, during that summer of 2002, <laughs> I think, they actually showed every Saturday night a different James Bond movie mm. in order, and I made sure to watch as many as I could, and that, that's really where I found, like, kind of fell in love with James Bond. Mm. Uh, interestingly, I've only seen like the Sean Connery ones and two of the Roger Moore ones. Anything after that, I... I'm not really aware of stuff from the 80s, even the 90s, um, or Skyfall is the only recent one I've seen. 
I have seen probably about like 80% of the Bond movies. There's 24 that are canon, like the MGM, because there's uh, there was a Casino Royale that came out in 1967, which is a spoof, and that movie is terrible. And it has David Niven in it, Peter Sellers, William Holden, Woody Allen, Ursula Andress, who was the first Bond girl. Like, it's a terrible movie. And then there was uh, Never Say Never Again, which was a competing Bond movie that there is... I know a lot about this, but there's like, uh, with Thunderball, there's rights issues because when Ian Fleming wrote the Thunderball novel, he collaborated on it with this guy, Kevin McClory, mm-hmm. and uh, stupidly uh, decided to make a book out of it because it was originally meant to be the original Bond screenplay, but he published a novelization of it without crediting McClory and Paul Winningham, this other guy, so there's a lot of rights issues in it, so that guy had the rights to Thunderball. And basically spent his entire life trying to make competing James Bond movies. And he got one, but the big caveat with that was that he got Sean Connery in that one. Mm. But it was also Sean Connery when he was like 20 years too old for the part. You know what, though? Roger Moore was like older than him when he was still playing James Bond. Most James Bonds, I think Timothy Dalton's kind of young, but like Roger Moore was old ass James Bond for half of them. Uh, Even Pierce Brosnan and Goldeneye. He was originally supposed to be James Bond yes. before um, Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Dalton got the part, but I think he, because he was doing Remington Steel in the '80s, they wouldn't let him do that. Hmm. So Pierce Brosnan was considered was given the part ten years after he was originally considered, which is crazy. Yeah, like the the uh, thing with that. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying. Wow. The thing with that is um, Remington Steel just got canceled at the time, mm-hmm. and there was a clause in Pierce Brosnan's contract where. For up to 60 days after that happened, if the show got picked up or renewed on another network, you'd have to come back. So he had essentially secured the role at that point, and he had taken the publicity photos, and the day of, the 60th day that was supposed to expire, they were going to do a press conference formally announcing him as the next Bond. And literally before the press conference happened, he got the call, and they're like, we're bringing back Remington Steel for uh, one more season. That sucks. That <laughs> yeah. sucks. Here goes, here's po- probably... T- 10 years of acting work you get to do when you're James Bond versus we're going to do one more season of the yeah, show yeah. that people don't even really remember. He could have been a side Bond movie. Aside from the fact that it has Pierce Brosnan in it. You don't really, no one really knows. He would, have been, he would have been in a lot of Bond movies if he, he started well, earlier. I mean, the thing um, is, is that him hmm. not getting the part at the time, it stinks, but it's probably for the best because Timothy Dalton was only in two James Bond movies. He's in The Living Daylights and License to Kill. And they're not bad movies at all. They're, like, if anything... To- they're very dark, though. They are. They're they, very violent. Well, not so much Living Daylights, but License to Kill is. Like, like I think... Like, is that the one where someone explodes? They yeah. They blow the guy up. He's in, like, a pressurized chamber, tank. And, a and young... they feed the guy to the sharks. Mm-hmm. And, oh, cool. Uh, I think Benicio Del Toro gets crushed with a... Uh, he gets, like, caught in the gears of, like, a cocaine crusher. It's really, really over-the-top violence. I think that, like... Wonderful. The thing is, is that, you know, coming off the Roger Moore James Bond movies, which are really campy and silly for the most part, like, I feel like the Timothy Dalton ones were, like, where the Daniel Craig James Bond movies are now. They were the darker, grittier versions of that. Because they're not bad movies, but I feel like at the time, for so many people who had seen, like, Moonraker and Octopussy and was expecting (laughs) James Bond to ride around like a gondola, defuse a bomb dressed as a clown and fight Christopher Walken. Like, (laughs) you know, they they actually got like a more gritty, down-to-earth James Bond film. And um, I caught, I think, Octopussy on like late night Cinemax or Showtime or something, and I watched five minutes. I'm like, this is dire. 
don't know. Late, late night Cinemax. That may have been another movie. <laughs> it, was, it is called Octopussy. Yeah. They, they probably just got your place. They're like, this isn't a porno? But you actually named your movie this? Okay. <laughs> MPAA was weird. Um, <clears throat> the thing that happens, though, is that License to Kill comes out in 1989. And it's not a flop, but it's not a huge success. But basically... Through a lot of legal issues, there were no James Bond movies for six years, and they lost Dalton in the process. And I think it was that United Artists and MGM, which are have both been studios that I think have had a lot of financial issues over the years, got bought out by a company that was looking to cover the cost of it by selling the distribution rights. And, you know, they wanted to sell the distribution rights to James Bond. And you have the two producers, Harry Saltzman and Cubby Broccoli, who you know, were the two producers, especially Cubby Broccoli, of James Bond movies for the longest time. Like, now Cubby Broccoli's kids are the producers on the Bond movies. And there was a big, long legal battle for, like, five or six years. And another thing that happens as well is the Cold War ends. So I feel Mm -hmm. like you lose, you know, the most natural Bond villain in the Soviets, despite the fact that Goldeneye basically uses (laughs) uses the Russians as the bad guys anyway. Mm -hmm. But I think that... Because in the... I've read a few... James Bond books, like some of the Ian Fleming ones, and there's like Smirsh and Spectre, but because of Kevin McClory, he had the rights to Spectre and Blofeld. Like that's yeah. the reason why, like the last movie that came out was the first time that either Spectre or Blofeld had been in a Bond movie since I think like Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, since the Sean Connery ages years. for ages. Yeah, they'd been gone. So a really good substitute villain is just like fuck it, evil, <laughs> evil mad scientists, industrialists, and Russians. Well, the. Uh... The gap between Living Daylights was that that was the last one, right? Living Daylights is nineteen eighty seven. So yeah, License uh, to, License Kill, to Kill, The gap between License to Kill and Goldeneye is six years, and yeah. that doesn't sound long, but that's the longest gap between any Bond movies ever. I mean, since they started making it, it, there's never been more than six years, except for that one period from eighty nine to ninety five. I think it's worth mentioning that the James Bond franchise is like one of the longest running continuous franchises in movie history i mean the the franchise has been going on now for 55 years like dr no came out in 1962 so this movie because i feel like we've given a little bit of background james bond not heard much from uh mike and brando over here but uh goldeneye came out in 95 and i feel like because the james bond franchise has went through like highs and lows i feel like at least for a little while until you get to like the other pierce pros and james bond movies it brought back James Bond in a good way because it mixed like the more I guess serious nature of the Dalton movies but it still had some of that over the top camp and charm of a Roger Moore one so it was a nice balance between there's those two there's a lot of camp in this yes. there is so, yeah. uh, I do like the opening though the opening is still well done especially mm-hmm. since because this is the first Bond movie in six years for the first few shots you don't see Pierce Brosnan's face <clears throat> up until the guy pull, puts down his Newspaper and Pierce Brosnan is upside down and punches him in the face, yeah, which was, is a fantastic way to introduce your new James Bond. Well, he says first, he goes like, "Oh, sorry for dropping in." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's um, a lot of one-liners throughout this movie. Oh boy, yeah, this, is, this movie is the king <laughs> of one-liners, and it. I guess I didn't notice it just back when I initially watched it, but yeah, I guess let's start with that. Um, yeah. Do you guys know if you saw this in theaters? No, I did not. I think no. I. I think I might have, but I. I Actually, probably not, now that I think about it. I have to say that the way I was introduced to James Bond, and I'm sure that all three of you were introduced to James Bond this way, and we can't do a podcast about Goldeneye 
without bringing up <laughs> the, the 1996 N64. Seven, 97. It came out two years after this movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, really? The, the GoldenEye and the N64 came out like around the same time as... Um, well, it's not enough. I think I never know which one was after this. It's either it's a tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow never dies. No. So that might be the worst process. I die, die another day. Die another day. Yeah. Die another day is really campy and fun, but it's it also, stupid. It, there's a reason why the series almost died after that. But uh, I remember playing because I didn't have N64, but I must have played that game a ton of times in the my game childhood. Changed video games. <laughs> Yeah, we, I played, even, we played it on uh, Activision. No, no, we, it was rare. <clears throat> it was rare. We played it on the uh, movie right. theater screen a couple times. Really? Uh, yeah, when I was a projectionist, we used to do that. Uh, how was how was that huge? <laughs> we played that in WWF No Mercy. Could you? That oh, oh, that game yeah. was so good. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, back to yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, like Goldeneye, I remember playing. I I couldn't watch this movie and not be like, just remember, like be thinking about all the multiplayer levels. Like I'm like, oh, those are the archives right there. Yep, yeah, here's this level. Like, and then even the music is just. It's actually a really accurate game. When yeah, I go that's back, what I want to bring up because yeah. I okay, I think this is like the third podcast in a row where we've brought up that I never had an N64. Yeah, right. So I only played this in bits and pieces at friends' house, but I've played the first level like fifty times. Yeah, yeah, but. When I was watching the movie, I'm like, this music is exactly how it sounds in the game. Yeah, yeah. And that really is a detriment to the movie because it sounds bad. <laughs> it sounds like, wow, this sounds like really bad yes, video game music. Yes, it is. Movie, I wanted to say that. that yeah. The music is horrifying. Uh, Especially like, at the beginning bad. of the movie. Yes, that scene where they're like, driving <clears throat> through like the yeah. Alps. Oh, it's, it's a terrible. porno soundtrack. It sounds like, so bing, bad. Bing, bing, it's... But apparently uh, that was the biggest complaint that the producers got after the movie came out. And so they made sure from for the next three J- Pierce Brosnan movies that they just used an orchestral score. Because this Good. this has really bad music. That's when it's at its best. Because yeah. when you watch some of the Roger Moore ones, they have like disco-y kind of music. Oh, yeah. Like, wow, 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 wow. Like something like that. When you have like an orchestral James Bond score, because I- I'll say it. Flat out, I love the the theme song to James Bond. Oh, it's yeah, what a of course. Good theme I, song I can I can play I can play it on the piano. It's one of the few ones I have memorized. It's a fun one. I remember what was it on Game Grumps that one guy can play the guitar. I can play that too, and I can't play much on the guitar because it's just not. It's like one note basically. <laughs> kind of another da, 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 da. big thing. Yeah. it's for, relatively for, easy guys. for James Bond movies. That was there's always the big credit song, and yes. this one sing it's sung by Tina Turner. Yeah, what was you got? What did you guys think of? Goldeneye, by uh, written by like, U2, by uh, Bono and The Edge. Yeah. Really? I feel like she's trying to go, and I like Tina Turner, it she's a very good singer, a but she's like trying Shirley to Bassey. go with Dame Shirley Bassey. It sounds a lot like yeah. Goldmember. <laughs> because she wants to, like, because I feel like the most famous opening James Bond theme song of all time is Goldfinger. Where like I, said gold, gold, I just said Goldmember. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I just said Goldmember. Oh my god! And I feel like everyone Damn, listened to that, times. and they're like, "Wow!" Like Shirley Basie can fucking belt it. Like I really want to. Like I really want to do what she does. And Tina Turner is a great singer, but I feel like there's only one Dame Shirley Basie. Except Adele, I will say Adele this, did though. great. Adele's, Adele's Skyfall even, even song Sam, is amazing. Sam Smith's song was pretty good too. Uh, I liked it. It was all right. It wasn't bad, but it was honestly. I'm best not gonna song lie. Of the year at the end. I of the I like um, the Daniel Craig James Bonds best, and this is solely because those are the ones I know. I'm not that big of a James Bond fan, just because I haven't seen like crazy amounts of them, it, so I didn't really like this movie. I think what it goes into is 
the, it's basically the same movie that they've done 25 times. Oh, yeah. But you just have to get into... If you get into the groove of them, you'll enjoy them. But, like, they're mostly the same movie. They're overlong <laughs> epics. I feel like the plot... I mean, we were talking about with Mission Impossible, how that plot comes across a little convoluted, but at the very least, everything kind of makes sense. Yeah. I feel like with James Bond movies, the mantra I like to think of when I'm watching these is that it makes sense if you don't think about it. So, like, it, like Ow. I, I would I'm say, sorry. and I feel like we're kind of, like, all over the place with how we're talking about this movie, but, and I mean, I feel like to give away the Bond movie is, is to spoil it in a way, because you really don't find out who the main <coughs> Bond villain is. But... When you introduced Sean Bean, you called him Villain Alec Trevelyan. That's true. So you, I mean, if you watch you in the know. movie, uh, the main Bond villain is a former MI6 agent, 006, Alex mm-hmm. Trevelyan, played by Sean. I hope I live through this Bean, and uh, <laughs> I like how because we talk about being in the movie, and I really like how it opens where you have that really epic bungee jump off the top because it's yeah. always a James Bond staple is to open on a really big stunt like you have yeah. like this why you love me where he you know skis off a cliff oh, and yeah. then has the parachute like it's a really cool <coughs> stunt <clears throat> and this movie that was like a record for like the highest bungee jump recorded for a film oh so hmm. they break into the Russian base like I'm assuming to blow up whatever chemical plant that they're in and while they're doing this Trevelyan gets caught quotation marks by the Soviets. I never really got, like, his plan. I thought that he yes. flipped after they caught him. I think he was... Because it's weird. It's like, so I guess he defected to the Soviets, but then when the Soviet Empire crumbled, he just became, like, an arms dealer. My he thing was a Cossack who was against the Soviets. My question with yes. this particular part is, so I guess that the whole that whole execution was staged, but it's not like, like James Bond looked away. How did... I'm surprised... I'm su- I'm surprised they were able to fake it because it was like it was a headshot essentially. He was like a blank, and like he was. I mean, you got to think about that. Like he has a bunch of Russian soldiers pointing guns at him. Yeah, and he's got to think about how he's going to get out. So he escapes naturally. And you get another cool stunt too, where he. uh, It's very unrealistic. Where he jumps, he motorcycles off of a cliff (laughs) while a plane's falling down. Somehow, magically manages to get in the cockpit of said airplane and goes whoop. This is when I will say I paused it to take a nap. Because <laughs> I was falling asleep. Um, and I'd, I remember uh, when I... When I, Thinking back to this movie, I remember it always seeming boring to me. But I think it's... And we were just talking about this earlier. It was the nostalgia of the game. Because the game was just bonkers fun. Like the, yeah. It was so good. Uh, especially N64. is the first time. It was like a 3D um, atmosphere. so Or environment. So like that, and that game is very memorable. Most people, like in uh, Justin even said it, he didn't even have sixty four, but you know, you know, and you played Goldeneye. Honestly, we like we'll still play it now. It's like, oh, do you like me and me and my roommate have a sixty four? And you know, there's those people that are into Smash and Mario Kart and like Mario Party, but there's always one or two people that are like, you, you got Goldeneye. You guys are into you're, all of your <laughs> your roommates who I used to play it with uh, back in the nineties. <laughs> like you think about it too, because I remember I first played that game in like a Target, and I remember being blown away. Like, oh my god, these graphics look so good, and now they just look like block it's people. It's so hard to it make looks out. Like Pierce Brosnan. I, I went. <laughs> it's still Lego Pierce Brosnan. After playing Halo like nonstop for hours, I like I was over a friend's house and it's we went and we played. Back. Goldeneye, really you just can't back. understand textures yeah, or anything. Hard. Your eyes hurt. I mean, the game, like, 
I respect it for what it was. It was a lot of fun. The oh, game has not aged well at all, no. which is it's, it's a sixty-four game. Yeah, it gets a pass because it's, it's a twenty-year-old we're, game. We're like we're like three, four. No, we're like five systems after that. I mean, didn't they yeah. remake it? They did recently. They yeah, something called and I was looking it up after this movie, and it's embarrassing almost because it's called 007 Reloaded, where it's Daniel Craig. It's Daniel James Craig. Bond. Yeah. yeah. As you play as him, but it's still Alec Trevelyan. It's still yeah. all the. Things, I heard it wasn't bad like, though. The, it's, the gameplay and everything. It's it's like Call of Duty. It's Call of Duty. Yeah, it's yeah. not even like, like new. It's not bad. Duty. Like yeah, I, I feel like terrible. I had it for the Wii, and there was like no first-person shooters on the so Wii. So you just did what what you had. I mean, it was. There it's was, not a bad game, but it's weird because like it does have Metroid Three. I find it just embarrassing that it was like. Inserting the Daniel Craig James Bond into this silly ass yeah, that, story. That, that yeah, was an in, that was an interesting. Yeah, he does the voice for it too, but it sounds like like it sounds like a James Bond villain has him at gunpoint. <laughs> like say these lines. And it's like James, we have to do this. Okay. <laughs> like James, go do this. Okay, I will. I'm James Bond. <laughs> that, um, that was Daniel Craig's audition. Yeah, but yeah, I will say this movie was. A little bit more boring. Well, no, no, not more. Like it was, it was as boring as I remembered it. And I was surprised that it was still boring. To I thought it was boring. It after after the betrayal or the scene in Russia, mm-hmm. it flash forward six years, six years, ten, I think. Ten. Because I think it's take. It starts in eighty five, eighty six, yeah, and, right. it and it goes to modern day, which is ninety five. Yeah, um, because and this <coughs> is when there this this version of M is new, right? This yeah. Is the, yes. This is the, the first, and yeah. she's still. No, not after well, Skyfall. What? Uh, not after Skyfall. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I hope I didn't spoil Skyfall, Skyfall for you. I just, Sorry. I, no, I already, yeah. We hope you like Ralph, Ralph Fiennes. Ralph I mean, I do. I love I him. Like, yeah. I mean, James Duty Dench it was the best. James Duty Dench. James Duty Dench. Who can bust balls with the best of them. Of course. Yeah. Because I was really hoping that they would make like an M video game where you just tear James Bond down a peg every time you see him and you do paperwork for the rest of the game. Well, I think it would it would have to be a um, oh my god who are they? They make the Walking Dead games. A Telltale. Yeah. It would have to be a Telltale game. Yeah, yeah. I mean James Bond will remember this. I love her line because it's the best line in the movie, which perfectly sums up James Bond is like, I think you are a sexist, misogynistic dinosaur. Just like that, get him, Judy. That Dad, that like, yeah, the yeah. best part of the movie is make is basically saying the movie don't watch this movie. Yeah, <laughs> why are you watching this? He's an old sexist dinosaur. Yeah, well, because yeah, and then they don't do anything to fucking uh, to punish. To him? be to fair, yeah. yeah, it's like hey. <laughs> it's like you're a you're a sexist dinosaur, and he's like cool. Yeah, and doesn't and then, and then flip was, out of there. And then it was just like, and now watch all these women just <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Jump all over I mean, Xenia yeah, on the top does try to almost crushes it with her thighs. Yeah, but that's her like, thing. Yeah, you have a. <laughs> Bad, she likes a good bad series. guy, quote unquote. Zemi on the top who murders people while having sex with them by crushing them with her legs. Her yeah. specifically her groin muscles. One of my, one of my uh, favorite scenes because it made no fucking sense to me. Is uh, I guess <laughs> James and Xenia play baccarat. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to play baccarat. No. So I, I and. <clears throat> I had no idea what the tension was in that scene because I, I didn't yeah. know who was winning or not. I, I think it, when you watch Casino Royale, because I've read they it the, the first, yeah, yeah, I've read the first James Bond book and they're playing baccarat in uh, Casino Royale, but they changed the Texas Hold'em in the movie, which is like I, I get this game. I, I know, know how to play that. I don't know how to play baccarat. Um, because I mean, 
the movie starts out with him like like there's like some lady assigned to like inspect I, him in the house he's driving you get that terrible soundtrack and that's when we first meet Xenia because they race and it's like the thing is is that if you think that James Bond is misogynistic in this movie which he definitely is like if you see the Sean Connery or Roger Moore ones you will cringe because I like these movies but when I hear some of those lines like some of the things he says to women the way he treats them it's like oh like come on man like it gets bad so I feel like for Judy Dench to call him out in this movie is just way, way overdue. But uh, yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like uh, with this film, it's '95. It's been the long, a long time since a James Bond movie, and I guess times had changed to the point where they're like, we should kind of call this well, out. They and they had let's put this line in there, and then the rest of the movie will just be same old, same old. Yeah, yeah it was really like, a, yeah, it's okay, this will cover us. Even and Money then, Penny calls him out and says something yep. about sexual harassment, <clears throat> yeah, and but they just skirt right over that. No, 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 because she, yeah. dev- she immediately, I peeped that too, but then she immediately kind of just shoots whatever she had going for her in the head because. He goes, all right, and what's the punishment for that? And she's like, oh, you eventually have to make make good on your on your advances. Essentially, that is, is what she said. I'm like, which so in itself is sexual harassment. I was yeah. like, so yeah. she's into it. That's, it's like, and look, it's like, 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 okay, like, like, yeah. Where HR at MI6 is just not good. Like, they must have they really cabinets. Are, it's non-existent. They must have cabinets, vaults, files that go miles and miles long on Bond. Like it must be like, yeah, they have a on warehouse Bond for on you. everybody. On everybody, you can't you can't walk ten feet in this in this hot place without somebody just sexually harassing you. And like, is that is that like a spy thing? Well, with the is Bond that just what movies, they do? I know there's a running thing where Money Penny and Bond have like a yeah. flirtatious relationship. Yeah. In all mm-hmm. the movies. No, like I'm not excusing how he acts. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, yeah, I, I will happens. see it. All of them. He's they they've always kind of had their thing. There's even. There's, the, I think, in the, either the last movie that Brosnan's in, or the second to last, like she's having like a daydream of them being together. Yeah, it's oh, a virtual God, reality yeah. simulation. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. It's a, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I thought she was daydreaming. Oh, okay, wow. let me. It's okay, we're gonna move forward from this now because you just reminded me of something that this this movie does something that around this time, mid '90s, was a huge plot device in so many movies. The internet. <laughs> Oh, that's yes. right. Goofy 90s computers. Boris! Yes. I am indeed simple. Boris, the weird horny nerd. Alan Cumming. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But he's Nightcrawler. just a weird <laughs> horny guy where every password is like boobs, ass, innuendo. Knockers. Like, is it just me or was every tech villain bad guy in early 90s movies also a perv? They because made him. They, they made him. They him a, no idea how he was so them. many cliches at once. It was kind that's, of. That's who liked computers Let's in the early 90s. Take a step back to Mission Impossible, which had Ving Rhames as the computer nerd, and mm-hmm. it was better for yeah. him for not having a stereotype. Yeah. He was also a hero in that movie, though. Yeah. Boris yeah. is a villain. Boris is a. Like he, I like that yeah. Boris With made his own avatar. Attire. Oh, the ugliest. <laughs> yeah, that like, really weird cartoony avatar. Like the New York Times. Like when they well, the when cartoony, like, walk, walk he also has a cartoony girl. avatar yeah. for Natalia. Yeah, uh, I have password to computer. I give you hint. It's he also put yeah. like her face on like cartoon <coughs> boob body. Yeah. I made you I, caricature. It's so cartoon it's boob so body. I, I send man, he I too on bad, the internet. Too bad he oh. got like wrapped up in all this espionage. He would have had a great career in Mad Magazine. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, think you ever knew like. 
keep calling him Newman. Remember Wayne Knight from Jurassic <laughs> Park? Because he has like the same thing. Where he That's has, like, exactly an animated, what I thought. Like exactly they're the same character. Yeah. Like these two not, kind not, of yeah. easy wow. little like meh, kind of people that are like the villains have that their own face. Yeah, you didn't computer. say the magic word. Ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh. They double cross. I like, can't wait till we do Jurassic Park. Yeah, I'm just throwing this out into the universe so that it'll have to come true. Someday, we're going to do well, Jurassic Park. Another thing, because like I guess to get into what the plot of the movie is, is that James Bond is sent on an assignment to, I guess, look at Xenia on the top, but not engage. <clears throat> and it's oh. like, you like how Em's like, don't engage her, Bond. Like, <laughs> it's, it's... But, he does say, they, they, I forget who says it to him, I don't think it's M. No, is it Money Penny? Where they she she uses the on the top as a as like a cool little I pun. Think, I think there's several people. There's there's at least someone who mentions that on the top is a stupid name. Yeah, and it's like, well, why why did you name her that writer? Because her real name is Jean Grey. It's like it's almost like an inside. You know, that's Jean Grey, right? That's yeah. Jean Grey from the X Men yeah. movies. Yeah. I did not realize that until like. Way too late into it. She was also it. <laughs> in this episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. But but moving on. There you but go. I didn't realize like, it until yeah. she died. Like until five <laughs> minutes after she died, you're like, "Oh my god, that's Jean Grey." Well, yeah, that's <laughs> the only way you can realize it's Jean Grey. She has to die. But like, whenever they say, <laughs> oh, "Oh, swish," whenever they say meant her to be name anyway. at first, because like when M says it and when Bond says it, like Xenia on the top, like. It, I like that it's almost like an inside joke to the ridiculous names that they give these people, but they still name them that. Oh, so wait, I agree. That, like, that, that's what the pun is. He's like, I'm sure you'll stay on the top of it. Oh. Yeah, it's something, like, really lame that way. There's Stop always, it, like, movie. puns with him having sex, like, in a world that's not enough, but he has... There's Christmas Jones, and the only reason they named her that was so Bond could worst, say... One of the worst lines you're yes. going to say. The, one of the worst lines I've ever heard. He says it just so he could say, and I thought Christmas only came once a year. Mm. The one end. Of, one of the worst. Like, <laughs> I how, do you, they, they how cut, do you write that? It was probably and clever then. They cut the credits after that, right? They, it's the last line in the movie. Is yeah. Oh, yay! Hey! That's great. Because well, all the Bond movies would like end with James Bond having sex. It's like, good oh no, job. no, excuse me. Moonraker has one that's almost as bad, yes. where it's I think he's attempting re-entry yes. as he's lying on top of someone. Because if you don't oh, know boy. the plot to Moonraker, James Bond goes to outer space. Yeah, that was that movie was literally not supposed to happen. <clears throat> Quick aside: the previous one, whatever was before that, it says Bond will return again in The Spy Who Loved Me. Oh no, the oh, spy loved me uh, for your eyes only. Yeah. And it wasn't that was the one after they made Moonraker, which only was made because oh shit, Star Wars is huge. We have to make a space James Bond movie. Oh wow. So that's why the space Moonraker Bond. The thing is is that Moonraker is a James Bond novel and it's one of the best ones. One and of it the has, worst movies. Yeah, because one of the they worst. pretty much used the name Moonraker because it sounded like space. Like mm-hmm. the plot of the actual book has nothing to do with the movie. Like, the villains... They the don't same. go to space? No. Okay, that's there, a disappointing book no, already. Yeah. There's, no, <laughs> there's no big space laser That's a, That's a strike one, first off. And if you've ever seen Moonraker, you know that there is a big laser space fight at the end well, of Well, it. this is why I don't read books. Well, yeah. with all the James Bond movies, like, if you notice with the earlier ones, it's always at the end... <laughs> Like, James Bond is either in the bad guy's lair, or he's in a place like Fort Knox or something, and it's like the bad guy forces get into a big shootout with the good guy forces, and James Bond's kind of in the middle of it trying to stop the main villain. Like, they all do that. Thunderball does it. Goldfinger does it. You Only Live Twice does it. Spy Who Loved Me does it. They yeah. all do it. They all have that same ending. This one actually doesn't have that kind of... It, it sort of does, but it doesn't. It, it, 
There's no good it's guy close forces. enough that I'll call yeah. him out on it. You know what this movie does a lot? He gets captured, or he's in a situation where somebody's life is on... He gets a lot of, like, standoff <coughs> situations in this movie, and... Like, it, oh, they, they essentially open the movie with that that way when mm-hmm. um, 006, you know, gets killed. And then, like, I, get, I mean, I get that that was a, that was a whole setup and payoff yeah. where he kind of put, puts him in that situation later. But there's another time where, like, he gets himself captured. So Natalia has time to put in the codes, and then they capture Natalia again. He's getting himself captured so much in this movie. He's at the end of so many guns, and then oh, yeah. they talk at him. Like, there's so many times where he should have just straight up been shot. That I feel it like just didn't happen. I didn't understand. The problem with so many James Bond villains is that a they just have really needlessly complicated even, plots even to take over the world or do what Skyfall, they want to do. Even Skyfall, which is one of the better ones. Yeah. Javier Bardem in that movie, he's like he has a like, he talks a lot. Yeah. He's very yeah. much a monologuing kind of guy. You feel like sometimes, especially in this movie, when he first meets Trevelyan after finding out he's the villain, like. He could have just shot James Bond in the head right yep. then and there, but instead, like James Bond villains seem to have this urge he to has, create like a, a, he has a Nazi train. Yeah, he is like a Nazi evil. Like just, I think they actually on set they called it like the Darth Vader train because it looks just like Darth Vader's helmet, totally black with a big ass Russian red star. Yeah, so he clearly likes being a bit theatrical. Yeah. Well, they all do. Like, I feel like every single Bond villain needs to be theatrical because they all need to think of increasingly amusing ways to kill James Bond. Like, you'd think that in Goldfinger with the whole laser about to cut him and have is bad enough, but it's like, I'm going to have this tank filled with sharks and piranhas, and I'm going to leave Skippy here, who's on his first day of being evil henchman job. He's going to be here by himself, and, you know, he doesn't really have much experience, so go easy on him. I'm gonna go take over the world. I'll see you later. Casino Royale was real, the newer one was very tamed in terms of the villain. Oh, yeah. Now that I think about it. Well, yeah. I feel like Casino Royale... Because, like, when I think about Die Another <laughs> Day, which was, like, the last Bond movie before Casino Royale, that was James Bond's Batman and Robin. Yeah. That was the yeah, point where it got so wow. silly to the point where, like, they we were like, we have to do something about I'm this. I'm still surprised that they got the same guy who did Goldeneye because it's so totally different. Like, I would have never guessed that the guy who made a movie with Xenia on the top mm-hmm. would also make something like Casino Royale yeah. with... Which I, mean, I liked a lot. Yeah, I'm was... assuming he didn't write GoldenEye. But still, like, <laughs> the directorial eye of it also felt different. Oh, it's it still felt the best more mature. One. Yeah, like, so... Casino Royale, in my opinion, is, like, if not, it's probably, for me, the <sighs> second best James Bond movie they ever made. The first one being From Russia With Love. I really like yes. that one. Um, but anyway, to get back to the plot of the movie, so he's... In, Boris... he's yeah, no, okay. yeah, I'm trying to remember where we are. Well, Boris he's tracking Xenia on the top, and he finds out that... They're trying to steal a helicopter that's resistant to EMP. And I want to bring this up because it's a little thing. It might be nitpicky, but it bothered me. Which was that there's this scene where they're talking about what EMP is, which is an electromagnetic pulse. Now, it's M, Bond, and some guy who works for MI6, who is actually on Game of Thrones as one of the Tullys. Oh. He's, uh, I was Ed, wondering where you yeah. Oh, the one that... Yeah. Okay. I was and them. all three of them know what an EMP is, <laughs> but they decide to explain it anyway, and I get why it's in the movie, because you it's to know. explain to the, the audience what the EMP is, but why not have like James Bond be like, well, what's an EMP? Because that'd be like, 
if I was talking about Joe Pesci to you guys, and all of you know who Joe Pesci is, but just in case, I would tell you what he yeah, looks just, like. I, I like that I mean, there's a Pesci scale. I mean, <laughs> tell you what he does for a living, I'll tell you what he <clears throat> smells like. Yeah, that's... Yeah, like I feel like it's just weird. It's like a lot of movies do that though. It is. I don't think it's a nitpicky thing because I completely agree. It's yeah. having the character that's supposed to act as if they're the audience, so mm. you explain. But well, they didn't even. That's have, what this does. They, they wound up not even exactly. They ended up not even doing that. Yeah. It's just a they could have actually done that with Bond. Yeah. Quite yeah. honestly, yeah. Well, that's what they should have like, done. Yeah, yeah, they should have been like, "Well, what's electromagnetic pulse?" So basically, audience, an electromagnetic pulse will knock out. Like a circuit board, so basically take away the enemy's power if detonated. Or a really clever way they could have done it is like James Bond maybe knows kind of the idea of it and just yeah. guesses wrong. <laughs> or, or just have Q explain it and then go, and don't touch my sandwich. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we're kind of close to the Q scene. Can, can we yeah. discuss that Q scene? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead. So. Have a blast. Freaking weird. Mm-hmm. It's Very slapstick. Edited, it's edited like yes. a naked gun movie. Yeah, yes, exactly. It's so, that. like. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's like Austin Powers. Very There's a lot of stuff happening in the background. That's and it's like funny, but at the same time, I'm like, Why? I don't want to be laughing. I, yeah, it's, I want to be looking yeah. at cool gadgets, but you have like <clears throat> crazy shit going on in the background. I didn't understand why they made that scene outright comedic. There are down other, to the sandwich joke. Yeah, there don't touch my lunch. Movies because every Bond movie up to that point, because the guy who played Q, Desmond Lewin, yeah, passed mm-hmm. away. He played Q from the second movie from Russia with Love mm-hmm. all the way up yeah. until uh, the world is not enough. So mm-hmm. he played that part a lot. He played it from the early '60s until the mm-hmm. very end of the night. He died mm-hmm. like a month after World's Not Enough came out. Yeah, um, I think, and then it was John Cleese, and then they kind of gave up on it until the I new one, Skyfall. Has yeah, Ben Winshaw. Uh, yeah, like I feel like. For me, it's almost like, in terms of what I think about Goldeneye, is that I've seen a lot of the James Bond movies, so it's like, I feel like, with this movie, I like it, but I don't like it as much as I remembered. I, I, yeah. I thought I liked it more than I actually did, but I would say it's one of the better Bond movies, because I feel like in the context of like most of the Roger Moore ones, it's like, light years better. And I'm not a big fan of the Roger Moore ones, because I feel like they're very campy and silly, but... I think some people really like that, though. I remember just talking uh, to Dan um, about it, and um, he said like that he 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 wasn't really a big fan of the the newer ones with um, Daniel Craig mm. because he's all about the fun, goofy bonds, like with the gadgets. But he's also like he's got the snarky humor, and there's the one-liners that you know is are easily repeatable. So I think I think it's. It's an audience thing. It depends yeah. on what you're... I completely get that. Because, like, I like yeah. Roger Moore. Like, yeah, I have nothing f- against him. Mm-hmm. I think he was good for that part, and he was good for that type of Bond movie. And, like, I just feel like, for me, with the Roger Moore ones, like, they just got really silly. And not that... Because, like, the Connery one... Like, for me, I like the Connery Bond movies, and I like the Craig ones. And with the Sean Connery ones, it's not like they were super gritty and serious. Like, they were campy and silly, too. But I just liked Connery so much more in that role because he was a perfect mix of witty charmy but also like ice cold killer because mm-hmm. yeah. i feel like with daniel craig sometimes like i would say like i love casino royale and skyfall but those movies do get a little too dark and serious and like i feel like they could be a little lighter well the like, one that was after casino royale was basically all dark quantum, oh quantum, quantum. Yeah. that, that was just all i didn't really care for that that was <laughs> pure violence not many people did and then the newest one, Spectre, I thought it was better than Quantum of Solace, but I still thought it wasn't that good. I liked Spectre a lot. 
I fell asleep. I that's thought, a recurring theme with James yeah. Bond and you. They're very long movies. You ever notice that with Bond you know movies? They're all one, these two This hours. one had a lot of stuff in it that you probably could have excised. Like, um, I'll just call him Hagrid. Hagrid shows up as a Russian guy. Valentino something? Yeah, I, I felt like you could have kept that whole thing out. You yeah. didn't really need that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we skipped past the part. Uh, well, they, they steal the helicopter. Like, I like that yeah. Xenia on a top has sex with, like, a Canadian admiral and kills him because Von Lair finds his <laughs> smiling dead face in a closet. Um, <laughs> at least he went out with a bang, literally. I'm surprised that he didn't say that when he found the body. Oh, no, Roger Moore would have said that. Well, I oh, mean, yeah. he basically said the same thing when he killed her. It's like, she always did look a good squeeze. Yeah. That oh, was a terrible accent. Uh, oh, I was going to say, that was like Scottish. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's the I thing. I think that was just <laughs> me. James Bond is supposed to be British, British, but Sean Connery's Scottish. Mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan's Irish. And George Lazenby, who played him for that one movie, is Australian. Yeah. And I think uh, Daniel Craig is... Someone's Welsh. He is. Craig is Welsh. Welsh. So I think the closest thing. So Roger Moore and Timothy Dalton are the only two that were actually like British. Well, I think Wales is pretty much English. As many many actors come out of... Wow, that's surprising. Um, Huh. I mean, so they take this helicopter and they steal the the golden eye in this movie. So that's another point I want to bring up too is that this was the first Bond movie that was not named after an Ian Fleming novel because they ran out, basically. (laughs) Um, Golden like was that? Yeah, Timothy Dalton's Welsh. Oh, so is. like, I think I think it's still only Roger Moore. There Golden really been was the uh, it was the name of the ranch that Ian Fleming wrote all the James Bond uh, books at in Jamaica because uh, Ian Fleming, who wrote these books in World War Two, like ran operations. He wasn't a spy himself, but he was like someone who ran spy operations. Um, and he ran an operation called Golden Eye during World War II and then took that name after the ranch. Um, I mean, I would say at that point in the movie, they go to that Russian station um, and the Golden Eye satellite is basically an EMP weapon. Like it, it emits a laser, it's a space laser plot. <laughs> yeah. And it, it shoots a space laser from the sky at whatever city you aim it at. So, like, the three main villains in the movie are Xenia on the top, uh, Uramov. Russian general mm-hmm. and Trevelyan, but yeah. we don't see Trevelyan yet. So they go to this outpost, they take all the stuff, and like he kill. has, like I'm timing you. Yep. They and then shoots them. They kill everybody except for Boris, because he goes out for a cigarette. And, and, Nat- for, and, and Natalia. Natalia. Natalia dodges death like 15 times after the EMP goes <laughs> off. It's like like something almost falls on her, and she rolls away, and she almost rolls into fire, and then like like it's. Ridiculous how many times she dodges death. She was smart with the whole vent thing where, like, uh, she faked going uh, yeah, up the she vent. faked going up the vent and mm-hmm. on top shoots it up and, like, she actually hid in the cupboard. So that's I had a not, very good idea. I had not seen this movie in a while, so, like, I remember before that scene before the ceiling caves in because she can hear murmuring or she can hear noises in the ceiling. I thought for a minute that it was, like, Boris in the vents. And yeah. Like, Natalia, I lived. I'll let you in I if thought, you know the password. I thought it was something like that too. Yeah. I, I give you a hint. <laughs> it starts with B and ends in oops. Such a cliche. They gave him such cliche lines. Oh too. boy. Well, like, it turns out he's Russian, so give. What him... about when uh, she's trying to guess? Like she's trying to hack into his passwords, and she just says, 
it's what you sit on, but you can't take it with you. I immediately then, thought chair, and I'm like, how do you not get chair? I know, but then they show <laughs> her, the, guesses. What, her guesses, and they're <laughs> awful. They're awful. They're all like they're, butt, they're lady, butt, rear. They're yes. other like like hokey names for butt, underside, leg, rump. <laughs> you know, rump. Yeah, and and Bond's just like it's a chair. chair. It's a chair. How did you what are you doing? What do you call do yourself here? a computer programmer? Right? Um, I mean, I would say at least in this movie, because like I've said, I feel like we've talked about women's roles in movies, and if there's one particularly shameful franchise for the longest time with the role of women in movies, it's James Bond. Yeah. Like, yeah. at least in this movie, you have M, and with Natalia, mm. like... She's she not is, bad. She is kind of a sex object, but at the same time, like she, she is also a computer yeah, programmer she, yeah. and a competent one. Mm-hmm. I feel like she, he's mostly just dragging her around it to the next from computer to computer yeah. for the for the quick bang, you know, she's celebrate. The, she's the one that kind of saves the day at the end. Of the yeah. Oh yeah, we'll get into it, but uh, <laughs> like so, she is at this like whether she's at this you know outpost, this Russian outpost. Obviously, mm-hmm. the bomb goes off to kill all the scientists, but she lives. And she finds a very convenient dog sled team parked close oh, by. Yeah, <laughs> I I was wondering. I was like, wait, did they show somebody they show? Sh- up in they there? did. They they did. Boris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they so definitely did. did. So my yeah, my, my headphones just got knocked out. We're cool. Okay. I, I feel like it was really it was so far that I had forgot. Okay, so there definitely was a guy who showed up on a dog. I thought that that this like that whole scene is like a fifteen minute scene where there's no James Bond action. Yeah, it's it kind of took me out of the movie where it's like they kind of have taken us away from James Bond a lot so far. I, they movie. did it to I guess build up the characters of both Boris and Natalia, but then yeah. I... Boris isn't like because I remember being much more annoyed by him, but he's actually not really in the movie. He's yeah, he's barely in it. He's in that scene. He's in, like there's a one part where because Natalia escapes from that outpost, and I like how like life imitates or art imitating life because it's like those Russians are still sneaky, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, the Russian government's yeah, still no, pretty much about the same as they are sneaky. in this movie because um, they're like well. They know, like the British. The British obviously noticed that one of their satellites goes cold over Severnaya, which is where that station is. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we call the Russians. They said it was like some accident because they have Russian MiG planes go check it out, and they are, they all get killed as well mm-hmm. in the blast because they steal the Golden Eye passcodes in the key, and then they blow up that satellite station because they have another one mm-hmm. in a different part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Natalia escapes and then Boris like an email that comes off more as I am like tracks her down and is like come follow me and then they obviously they kidnap Natalia because she survived the blast and like that one guy Urimov is still like a Russian general even though he like he's betraying the Russians but they still see him as a Russian I love that scene where he goes in and he's like, yeah, um, I was in charge of Severnaya. The whole thing blew up and everyone died. And uh, I messed up, so I'm going to resign. Okay, bye. And then the uh, Russian Prime Minister, Dmitry Mishkin, goes like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's someone who lived. And it's also kind of suspicious that this whole thing happened. Now you instantly just want to retire and be mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to pick up my toys and go home. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> And he was like, what, there's a survivor? Yeah. Uh oh! I better they, check to it personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, have to, they have to send James Bond to Russia, and that's the scene, the moment that the movie kind of picked up for me, is because they send James Bond to Russia, and he goes to meet his American contact, <laughs> and his American contact is Joe Don Baker. Yep. Joe Don Baker, 
from, if anyone has seen Mystery Science Theater 3000, from Mitchell and Final Justice. <laughs> like, he is... I think he, he is threatened to <laughs> kick their ass. He's threatened to kick the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guy's ass because of the way that they made fun of him in those movies. I had no idea he was in this, and I almost screamed when I saw him because I'm like, it's Mitchell! Here's the thing, though. Joe Don Baker was in The Living Daylights yeah. as a completely different character because in this movie, he's a good guy, but in The Living Daylights, he's one of the main villains. And it's not like... It oh. was like two movies before this one. Wow. So I'd be like, wait a minute, weren't you the general in The Living Daylights and James Bond killed you pretty bad and now you're a... Because usually... That was the guy with the tattoo in his ass. Yeah. Because <clears throat> usually in the James Bond books and the movies, his American counterpart's Felix Slider. Yep. But and yeah, he doesn't pop up in this at all. Well, in The Living Daylights, not in uh, License to Kill, he gets like really seriously injured. Oh, wait, he gets like half-eaten or something like Because that. like, well... In the books, because I've actually read this one in Live and Let Die, which is the second James Bond book, Felix Leiter gets eaten by sharks and he loses like an arm and a leg, but he lives, but mm -hmm. he gets seriously maimed. And in License to Kill, like the same thing happens. Like they pretty much took the plot from the book and used it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's in another one too as Jack Wade, which is the guy's I name. I think he's in the one right after this. Yeah, he is. And. Until we were like, we want Felix Leiter back. And he's in Casino Royale. He's played by uh, Chris Wright, who is in Westworld right now. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright, yeah. Yeah. Um, really good actor. But yeah. Sorry, cut your name this, this saved the movie for me. Was It's Joe Don Baker. It's, oh it's, it's Mitchell. Could you imagine if that um, Mystery Science Theater episode came out like... Any time prior to this movie? It Cause probably it came, did. No, it came out in 99. Oh, I, I looked it up, yeah. Uh, so, they they would not have been able to get away with it. Like, nobody would have taken the movie seriously. Because I feel like that's a huge overlap, is Mystery Science Theater fans and uh, 007 fans. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a, a fan pretty of movies big... Yes. Should love yes. Mystery Science Theater. Hey, Jimbo. Oh. oh it's Zap Rosenauer. I, I love that he keeps calling him Jimbo, and just does not respect who he is, and does not care yeah. who he is. I want a movie about him. I want a Jack Wade movie. Rolled his eyes. Yeah, I, I do love. It's just Mitchell. It would be yeah. just, just Mitchell again. <laughs> what would a Jack Wade movie be like? Like Jack Wade and the Meatball of Love. <laughs> the last thing a sausage sees no, before it dies. It's, it's just a Mitchell remake where he's a private detective who, who like Son gets of this, a He gets into slow speed car chases in LA. I think that the Jack. We're gonna Wade watch movie, that when I get we home. Need to now. Watch. a ten minute thing. We got Jack Wade's okay. movie is called Golden Slumber. We'll, we'll do it in between. <laughs> uh, we'll do it in between between recording. Um, so I feel like that's the because I feel like when we're talking about the plot of this movie, it feels kind of rambling. And I feel like the plot of this movie it itself feels a little rambling. Yeah, there's the stuff with Robert Coltrane happens yeah. after this. Uh, really, you can just say you can just hit fast forward and then oh, he's in a tank. The moment he's in a tank, you just watch that. Because it's like I guess at, at some point, because like James Bond, like basically Jack Wade sets up a <laughs> meeting with Robbie Coltrane, and then that, that guy tells him it's this guy Janice that stole the helicopter. Yeah, see, so he could have just yeah. I, like. It's just middlemen you're going yeah. through, and it's like you could have made the movie a lot shorter. Well, they go to somebody that, knew the information. They go yeah. to that statue graveyard, which I think looks pretty cool. I yeah, that, like I remember that from the video game. That, 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 that was pretty crazy. Um, and then he finds out that Trevelyan lived. So I want to, because I thought about this a lot, like Trevelyan's plot 
and his revenge scheme. Because, like, I will say this. Like, I like the fact that the Bond villain in this movie is an ex double O agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because in Skyfall, like, when they had Raul Sylvia, it's really good because it's very personal. But, so I do like that. And I think that Sean Bean's really good at the part. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, is that his whole evil plan is that he wants to get revenge on England because his parents were Cossacks and the Cos- the Cossacks during World War II betrayed Russia and were fought for the, Nazi. fought the Nazis. They fought for Nazi Germany. And at the end of the war, they defected to Great Britain for like asylum and Great Britain gave them up. Yeah, so, basically sent them back to Russia yeah. but, where they killed them all. Yeah, and Stalin's like death squads killed them, but Trevelyan's parents live... But out of shame, they kill themselves, and the British government takes Alec, and they make him into a double O agent. So he has feelings of resentment against the British government for wanting to take him out, or for, for you know doing what he did to his family, and he wants revenge. But the thing is, is that number one, like you fought against England in World War Two. So like they feel like betrayed, like you kind of betrayed us. Yeah, it's like yeah, what do you who are you calling black here? Who calling calling black? Not only that, but it's like this happened like fifty years ago. So all the yeah, people in power, <laughs> like they're either dead or no longer working for the government. So you're taking your revenge out more on an institution <laughs> than like the actual people. So maybe you're misdirecting this revenge at the wrong people. And your plan is to use this EMP laser, this EMP space laser on England. You're going to rob all of them first. You're going to take all their money for whatever reason. Uh, that like, just felt extraneous. Where it's just, uh, let's throw more evil things for him to do. Brandon is kind of just right now like, God. Well, asleep. no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's happening well, again. <clears throat> I don't know. This, uh, sorry, were no, you going to say no, something? No, I was just... Well, yeah, uh, well at the <clears throat> end, uh, Bond even uh, says to Alex, is dead. it's like, oh, so in the end, you're just a petty yeah, thief. Yeah, it's a thief. The, and I like that he calls him out like that. That reminds me of Die Hard. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, it's that same line where it's like, oh, you're not terrorists, you're just thieves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, originally it was intended um, for 006 to not be Bond's peer, but rather his mentor. Oh. And they wanted to get somebody older, and they had a pretty high, like, uh, they had their a pretty high, like, eye on it. They wanted Anthony Hopkins oh, to mm-hmm. be his mentor, mm. and he refused. <laughs> so they, good bond so like they, he, so they rewrote it to be Sean Bean's character, um, and Martin Campbell would go on to work with Hopkins in The Mask of Zorro. I Where I think like, he is the mentor in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, he's so, he's the old Zorro. Well, like basically, he's gonna use EMP. He's gonna send England <clears throat> into the Stone Ages, and um, he's gonna ruin their economy, and then by effect, ruin the world economy because of you know the fact that Britain is now completely broke. Which yeah, tea prices that, would skyrocket. Wouldn't that really seriously devalue all the money he just stole? Maybe. Okay. Like, I don't like, know. If you're a former hmm. double O agent, shouldn't you be aware that plans like this fail all the time? Yeah. Because but not this fun. time. But not this time. Well, I, got a good feel, I got a good feeling. He, he, know, he knows like, how James Bond thinks. Yeah, so. he knows his enemy yeah. a little more clearly. Uh, clearly not, because he no. loses at yeah. the end. He loses hard. Well, they. I feel like every Bond villain, well, not thinks everyone. they know him. It's just like I feel like they underestimate his <laughs> influence over women because that's usually the deciding factor for all of the, these plots. Is can James Bond woo this woman yeah. into either giving him exactly what he needs, giving up a secret that she shouldn't tell, 
or whatever. Like it, every single time they underestimate his ability to woo a woman, and I feel like that should be the thing he's known for. That is the plot of Goldfinger, essentially, because in Goldfinger they want to break into Fort Knox and let out a bomb in the gold supply to ruin our economy, and basically he forced he. Like almost like forces himself on Pussy Galore and basically yeah. convinces her not to spray noxious gas because she has a flying if you ever like describe a James Bond plot in detail, like basically he convinces her not to be a bad the real, guy. Literally sex. like that is the, that is the he's like, alright, he convinces her and then insert plot detail. And he kinda does this when the time is going too. Because there's not even like I feel like in a good James Bond movie there's at least like some kind of relationship or a build up. But in this movie it's basically like Oh hi, you they meet me. each other for like a scene it's like you want to have sex. Yeah. And they're like, no I don't She's like, still yeah, wearing she... the same thing that she wore when you first saw her. Yeah. It has that weird moment where like they I guess they find out it's in Cuba and then they like go to Cuba and it's like Instant. I don't know, it's it just feels weird because it's like you're you just met and you're already just flying to other countries and just relaxing with your BMW that's clearly displayed as a BMW. Yeah. And it just How feels... did he get the BMW to Cuba? Oh they explain they, <laughs> they got ways of doing it. <laughs> they explain this car in detail, like we're gonna see some action. He with never it. He yeah, just he drives never, it down a road. He never uses then it. Then he gives it to Jack Wade. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Jimbo, give me the keys. You don't see any of the gadgets used at all. Oh. I realize I mean, you see a panic mode. You never see the uh, never the car see the car used anything. for yeah. anything. Like yeah, that's, that's disappointing, especially when he drives a tank. Use the car there. That he, tank scene, you kind of skipped over, but like that tank scene. Oh my god, he drifts it. Yeah. He like drifts it through a square, <laughs> yeah. and the entire city of St. Petersburg apparently went through some financial hardships like 30 years ago because they made everything out of cardboard. <laughs> that entire city crumbles to dust because James Bond is in a tent. He caused I'm sorry to offend St. Petersburg. Billions of dollars in property damage. Like, here's the thing. So like after because after they're in the the graveyard thing, they get captured by the Russian military. And then they're brought into a room where you get another classic James Bond moment where, like, he's arguing with Mishkin. And she goes, like, you two, boys with toys. And it's like, what? <laughs> boys like, with They toys. seem to be having a valid argument, mm. and you're just kind of popping that in there. But Uramov comes in, and that's the moment that, I guess, you know, Mishkin finds out the hard way that Uramov betrayed them by killing the prime minister and the other guy in the room. I mean, it's clever on his part because he kills those people and frames James Bond for it. basically, like, gives him the gun. Yep. It's like, good luck. And then, like, runs away. So here's the moment where I think that this movie probably can't play in Russia. Because James Bond, like, and I understand that maybe those men were under Oromov. Maybe they're corrupt, too. Or I don't think they were because it seems like they're in a pretty official Russian government building. James Bond must kill at least, like, 50 Russian soldiers in that scene. And this is post-Soviet Union Russia. He, like... He disgraces the country. He, like, destroys their statues and parades it around on his yeah, yeah. And then uses it to stop their police. <laughs> Polizia or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's Italy. Polizia. <laughs> 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 they came all the way from Italy. To Before stop the tank comes above, mamma mia. They took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. He kills, like, so many. And I guess, like... To be fair, he's in a scenario where they're going to kill him if he doesn't kill them. But he shoots his way out of that library, out of the building, kills like 20, 30 guys. Then he gets in the tank, he, he robs a tank from them, destroys half of St. Petersburg, 
like crushes cars, police cars, military cars, all of this attempt to get away. And I think that it's impressive that he took probably the worst getaway vehicle yep. and managed to get away. At least he could charge the hell out of that. <coughs> well, yeah, uh, it was actually train. that was actually needed there. It's like it's not like they just inserted a thing with all these gadgets and then didn't use it. Like, well, I like they... how the train was set up at least. <laughs> yeah. Where it's kind of like you know they were using it during the Soviet War, so they couldn't track our devices. So Trevelyan. I always thought for the longest time that his last name was Trevelyan, and then I found out it was Trevelyan. Um, so he's on, like, a secret evil train that he has, which he then blows up and has, like, another perfect opportunity to kill James Bond, but doesn't. Nope. But then he finds out, because they track Boris's computers, and they find out he's in cahoots well, with them as well. Yeah, yeah. And they track his signal to Cuba, so they find out that the other satellite that they can use to operate the other GoldenEye satellite is in Cuba. In the jungles of Cuba. <coughs> How do they decide that it's Cuba? Is, isn't there like a bunch of locations and they don't know? That was the she last one? She spikes his computer. I guess because it keeps on jumping and I think well, yeah. Havana was the last one. Like, Boris is in Cuba. Like, I don't know getting... why. Yeah, because I, I thought it could have been any of those places. 90s computers? Yeah. 90s computers yeah. movies. I, I thought that it's, that it's where the most communism is. I mean, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Do you, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Follow the communism. <laughs> All right, I, I got a question for you guys, and then I want. I think we should head over to final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you see Will Smith playing in this? M. Boys. For some reason, they inserted... Because at this point, he'd be like... Fresh off of well, Fresh Prince. I feel like because there's two other things I want to bring up because we should probably just get into how the movie ends. Cause I feel mm. like we've oh, spent yeah. all this time building it up to get to the moment where they go to Cuba and it's like they're vacationing when they first get there. They're vacationing like, and then Xenia pops up. And it's like time yeah. is ticking right now. Yeah. Like you know what he's going to do. It's like Trevelyan is going to Cuba. He's going to launch that GoldenEye satellite, and he's going to destroy London, and you're both driving around the countryside of Cuba, like, smiling like the mission's already over. So, they run into Xena on a top, she gets crushed by a tree. Urmov dies on the train. I I have a note that just says, this death is extremely stupid. Mm -hmm. Just, like, shooting the helicopter pilot, so she just, like, gets... Hold against the tree. I guess it's internal crushing. Yeah, because yeah, the sh- she, was right squeeze. she always liked to uh, squeeze. Wouldn't you hate that if someone killed you and they had a really bad pun for you after you died? Like if someone stabbed you and was like, "I think he got the point." <laughs> I think I'd haunt. That's that's grounds for a haunting. Actually, if I if, if I get stabbed, guys, if I die by stabbing, if that's not my epitaph, I will haunt you. I'll put it on your. I'll make sure it's on your headstone. It better yeah, say yep. he got the point. <laughs> The, uh, the I feel like the only other big scene worth mentioning is the pen finally comes back into play the and Boris bomb. keeps on clicking yeah. it. Is the only cue uh, yeah. payoff? The yeah. only cue payoff. Yeah, they really. <clears throat> each movie usually has like five cue payoffs. Mm-hmm. None in this, except for what this. Well, they get to the base and they get captured pretty quick. Well, because it's James Bond, so he has to be captured yeah. so they can monologue for the stem. <clears throat> yep. At this point, he's monologued to him a couple times. Yeah. So what? This, yeah, this more, is the point in the movie where I'm like, okay, you can end now. This, I know it's like what the happens. Third monologue for this <laughs> he guy. Wants, like he wants, it, it goes from just having a personal vendetta against England, wanting revenge against James Bond. But for what? 
Because he goes like, you know, you gave me this scar on my face when you changed the timers from six minutes to three. And it's, it's like, like, you, you betrayed f- everybody. It's like, you faked your death. <laughs> and you betrayed me. And you were probably under the impression that I was going to die that day. You were hoping that I was going to, quote, yeah. unquote, die for you. So screw you. That'd be like if I faked my own death, came back ten years later, was mad at my family for giving away my possessions. It's like, yeah. you faked your death. Mm. And I was really upset about the fact that you died. Like, James yeah. Bond took it personally that 006 died on that mission 10 years ago and you were angry because your stupid plot didn't go exactly the way you wanted to and you got a little tiny scar on the side of your face. One thing I did... It's a pretty big scar. It is, but it doesn't affect the goods. Like, it does not it's like pretty, it's eye pretty or big. ears or anything. One thing that I did want to mention, this movie, I think this is in the era of action movies right before they started paying attention to Amma. Because uh, James Bond, he's got unlimited ammo, those AKs there. Mm-hmm. When, especially, uh, like, the first time when, I think, the first time he, he's dealing with the Russians, um, he, he grabs an AK and he's just unlimited ammo. Like, when he's rescuing the town, he's just like, nope, don't need to reload. And then they, they start paying attention to it. The only time they pay attention to it is when it's him <laughs> and the main villain, but it's because they want them to have, like, a final showdown where they're using their fists. So that's when they finally run out of ammo. Actually, I have an explanation for that, yeah. which they explain in the movie, is that uh, James Bond put in the cheat codes beforehand. That's what, I was like, see, this is why you needed the cheat codes for the video game, because there's no way you'd have enough ammo to fight all these people. He also put in the big head code, the big the K-Paul <laughs> code, and that, you know, you can't play his odd job, because odd job has the hat. <laughs> like, that, is there was there ever a cheaper character in video game history than odd job? You couldn't hit him, he was so short. Yeah, well, that's the thing that's weird, though, is that Ajab is not short in the movie. Yeah. He's really big and tall in Goldfinger. Yeah. And, I'm like, so, I don't get why they made him small. Like, there's a there's Knickknack, who's in The Man of the Golden Gun, who is a little person, but Ajab is a They probably just got it confused. It was, made, was it, it was made by Japanese people, was it not? No, Rare is an English company. Yeah. They should. They yeah, they're, they're the best. If there's the any company that ones. should, if there's any company that should well, know. Yeah, well, then shame ones. on them. Yeah, I don't know why they made Ajab. Maybe they just wanted to be really easy to win. Okay. Well, I guess... So, basically, Natalia thwarts the plot by putting in the code, so she makes the GoldenEye satellite burn up in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. and then, you know, because Boris ignites the pen bomb, the whole station's blowing up, we get our big final showdown with Trevelyan and Bond, where, yeah. like... No, for me. For England, James. Here, I, this is what I don't like about this scene, is that Trevelyan falls... Like, they're in this big satellite, there's mm. a big cradle underneath, and the cradle's made out of pure concrete. And Trevelyan falls, like, 20 stories, which, like, he should if be you in fall, pieces. like, you're he should dead. Be in pieces. Like, I hate mm. that. Like, he falls, he lands smack on the pavement, and he lives, and it's like, no, you're yeah, yeah, dead. Yeah, you die. So you could have him in. Yeah. So you could have him yell before he gets crushed by... Here's another thing is, he catches him... Does he catch him just so he could give him a one-liner before he kills him? Because it's not like he catches him and he's considering it like he was going to kill him. I feel like, to be fair, though, that's not like a witty, quippy one-liner. That's like a, you know, I was upset about your death, you yeah. betrayed me. Like, I'm going to let you know I hate you right now. That's so basically goodbye. what that was, is I caught you to let you know that yeah. I, I, I really want to do this. Yeah. This is from the bottom of my heart. I hate your guts. Now die, please. But the only You're going to die on my terms, not yours. The only reason that Trevelyan lives through that fall is just so they can have that moment when the whole salad comes yep. crashing down that you can have that zoom in shot and go like ah and then Sean B dies like three times in this movie he dies at the beginning of the movie he should die towards the end of the movie then he definitely dies mm-hmm. at the end of the movie you also get the great death of Boris where he just gets 
covered with I mean, nitrogen. Liquid, liquid, liquid nitrogen. Liquid nitrogen. And once again, this movie just kind of... It, it, it ends with James Bond being like, alright, the mission's I'm done. I'm just gonna lie on top of you yeah. now. It's time to have sex. And then there's all the Marines there going like, we weren't gonna watch One it. One last thing about the misogynistic nature and the... There's a lot of forced kisses. Yes. Yeah. Oh like my where God. they grab your face and it's like... <clears throat> he does that right before they storm the base. Like they're in some romantic yeah. cabana yeah. on the shoreline. He's looking out to the ocean, contemplating his confrontation with Rebellion. Mm-hmm. And she comes by, he's like, you okay? And he's like, come, come here, kiss me. Well, kiss yeah, time they're having an go. argument because she hates how he's always, like, running into danger. And he's, yeah. like, got this killer mentality. And then he grabs her face and, like, forces a kiss. And you can you can tell, for, at least at first, that she doesn't want it. Like, she's yeah. trying to push him off. And it's creepy. And the, the thing that doubles down the creepiness is that is that uh, Alex Trevelyan does it to her the exact same way. On the train, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, you can't. He does it, like, right away yeah. till you just met her. It's like, yeah. are you just, like, some weird perv yeah. that, like, you're just I, kissing the back I of her neck? I think the director just had to think for, like, I really like my forced kisses. No, the thing there is... There was a un- lot of them. The thing is, unfortunately, is that's a James Bond thing. <laughs> forced kisses like that, though? Yeah. yeah. No, if you watch Goldfinger, there's a really, really bad Like, what that reminds that me of, like, the only time that, like, the only time that could possibly be romantic is, like, the minor... Who gets off a long day of work and his wife's just sitting there and he just oh. grabs her face and like I it's love you. It's not it. romantic. <laughs> it's, it, like the, I don't know why it's in here. It's so awkward. It's off putting. I was like, Very why? Off-putting. Why are they forcefully grabbing like her neck? She probably sprained her neck a couple times Ugh. because of how aggressively they grab the back of her head to like make. I'm, it it was really weird. So um, it was really weird. Before we get into final thoughts, just one real quick thing. What do you guys think of Pierce Brosnan as James Bond? I don't mind him. I mean, I honestly, yeah, this is this was the probably the first Bond movie I saw in its entirety. Um, I think the issues I have with, but I mean, I like Daniel Craig better. The issues I have with his movies are a product of the movies and not. Yeah, him. I don't think yeah. it's necessary. Yeah, him. I, I think Pierce Brosnan's fine. It's just yeah. I'm not crazy about the movie itself. I feel like uh, he I was. Guess, he was the Bond we grew up with. He he you know? works for what the character, yeah. especially for what the character was already. He his charisma works for James Bond the character. It I does think, really well. He, I, honestly, more so than J- Daniel Craig's charisma. Because I feel yeah. like with Daniel Craig's, like they have him more as far as the cold blooded Bond, yeah. like the cold calculating James Bond, and with Pierce Brosnan, like he has a good balance of that charm. Mm-hmm. As long, but he can also play the part of like the cold calculating Bond too. Mm-hmm. And, and I know we just we say he's charming after talking about forced kisses, but like, <laughs> Daniel Craig is good, but he's no Remington Steel. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, Pierce Brosnan is a handsome fucking man. I mean, yeah. when you think about when you think about like James Bond, like I imagine he looks like Pierce Brosnan. Like, I feel like that's just us growing up with them, though. Yeah, yeah. Kids today think Daniel Craig. I don't know. I also think that's kind of a loaded statement, only because the the movies are so accessible that like you could grow up with any James Bond. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, especially if it's Christmas and you watch them all. And it only comes oh, once a year. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, that's like because I remember the first time I ever watched a James Bond movie. I was home from school and I was really sick, and it was like January, February, but. I think it was like TNN or something had like a Bond marathon that day because I remember watching Live and Let Die and You Only Live Twice and I was like 13, 14 years old. I think I might have seen The World Is Not Enough like before that but I didn't really remember it. Um, but anyway, 
Like, I guess we should probably get into final yeah. thoughts about this movie. Will, Smith, Will Smith and final thoughts will combine them into one That's segment. That's fine. That's fine. I already, I already said my Will Smith, my Will Smith in this movie would be M. And as for final thoughts, uh, I think this is aged pretty poorly. I mean, it's not unwatchable, but uh, <coughs> if you like the Daniel Craig ones, stick with them. Yeah. They're perfectly fine James Bond movies. They're amazing James Bond movies at times. Um, the video game is also aged poorly. So, hey, guess what? 90s weren't so great after all, it looks like. Uh, well, well I just ended the podcast. Guys. Good. Goodness <laughs> gracious, Justin. Um, if, I, if Will Smith was going to play anybody in this movie, I would probably have him have him play Anatov. Oh, no! Oh, no! <laughs> Can he have a bad Russian accent, yeah. too? Yeah. I, I think that could be great. That could be... <laughs> that could be so funny. Um... Uh, yeah, uh, in terms of final thoughts, yeah, I always remembered, I remembered liking this movie, like, I, 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 I enjoyed it for what it's worth, um, it definitely, for me, it's definitely one of the more boring ones, I remember, I remember it being boring, I remember falling asleep, and like I said, when I was watching it this time, I definitely, like, had to pause it ten minutes in and take a nap to make sure, like, I would be able to, uh, last throughout the whole thing, and I guess, when it comes down to it, the favorite, the, the things that I enjoyed most about this movie pertain to the video game so yeah that's that's pretty much it for me i feel like a lot of our memories are closely tied to the game because when you live in an age where most video game adaptations of movies and stuff are total garbage you have a a golden eye game that was actually pretty faithful to the movie and also a a game that was excellent at the time to play Mm -hmm. um for me with this movie i like it like, I think that it's one of the better James Bond movies, but as I mentioned before, like, I did not enjoy this movie as, as much as I thought I did. Because, like, I think the last time I'd seen this movie in full was probably when I was in college, so I hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, for me, I, I think that the plot is a little convoluted. It doesn't really... Like, it makes sense, but it doesn't. Like, there's a lot of, like, little things, and not to sound nitpicky about it, but... There's that, and, like, I, I feel like with James Bond movies, the problem with a lot of them, and I like them, is that they're all about 20 minutes too long. Because James Bond movies, I feel like they're all at least over two hours. And I think that if they tightened up this movie a little bit and they cut out a couple mm-hmm. parts that I don't feel like were really necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I guess I can appreciate the fact that they at least tried to build up a Bond girl character and not just have her be eye candy. I, I can respect yeah, that. But they, they but, had them hook up. A lot, actually. Yeah. I was like, man, this. Like the, I, I mean, like the scenes where she, before she even meets James Bond, because like the scenes where they're hooking up just seems extraneous. Yeah. It just seems like just like have a little kiss at the end of the movie. Yeah, there's no need for. Like we don't need to see your hanky panky. <laughs> but uh, I mean, like I said, I would give this movie like a six point five seven out of ten, probably around because like, I feel like with Mission Impossible, like that plot was a little convoluted, <clears> but it made more sense. And this movie, it it feels meandering at times. I think if it were a little shorter, it'd be a much better movie. But as it stands, I think it's a pretty solid James Bond film. Like, it brought back... It's the best Pierce Brosnan one, by mm-hmm. and far, because the other three are not very good. But it it brought back James Bond for a generation after that film franchise had been kind of in the dumps for an entire decade. Um, I would recommend it. I mean, I think that 
there are better James Bond movies, but there are far worse ones. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoy it. I've got some problems with it, but overall I like it. And your Will Smith? My Will Smith. Um, Will Smith pick? I'm going to say this right now. There have been rumblings that Idris Elba might play James Bond, which yeah. I'd be super cool. Oh, that'd be amazing. I yeah. think he would be <clears throat> badass as definitely, James Bond. Definitely, definitely. So cool. um, but Will Smith... I'm gonna put him as the woman in the car at the beginning of the movie because I want to see <laughs> I want to see James Bond open up the glove compartment and has some Dom Perignon in you know the seat and be like, well, and Will Smith's like, oh you, <laughs> bunch of mag- Magnum condoms <laughs> for his Magnum sized dog. Uh, as for my Will Smith pick, he's obviously Joe Don Baker. Um, <laughs> you can't take him out of the movie. Can't take you no, no, no. It, with this caveat, is that they kind of switch scenes, so um, it's it's they they, they, they tandem play it, <laughs> and they're wearing the same shirt. They don't switch scenes. They're in an oversized shirt, and they speak tandemly like they're a two-headed monster. <laughs> <laughs> so so do it with me. Do it with me. Hey, Jim. hey, Jimbo. Yeah, so they talk like that. Give me the. I don't know the lines of it. Sorry. So the place. So they both wear a cowboy hat. It's one cowboy hat. No, they wear two cowboy hats. They wear one shirt and one pants. He's wearing the Russian giant hat. They have a big cowboy hat that when they combine their heads together forms a giant cowboy hat. So they each have a half. Yeah, why not? Why not? So that's my pick, and he he goes uncredited as well. He he chose not to put a credit in because he wanted to be mysterious. So, overall, I don't have too much to say about this movie because I'm not that crazy of a James Bond fan. I found it enjoyable for what it was, but at the same time, it's like, it's a product of, it's a product of its time. I don't think it aged very well. It was a very good, dis- I'm happy that the music was so bad because it taught them a lesson to not stray away from orchestral. Um, the video game is great, and it also hasn't aged well, so mm. I just think that... As a whole, Goldeneye hasn't aged well. Mm. It's starting to show a little rushed. Yeah, a little bit. Ended on a pun! Mike, you got any uh, house cleaning for us? Any comments? Has anyone commented? Yeah, no, we we're getting feedback, which is cool. Yes, um, yeah. So thanks for the feedback, guys. We'd love more. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Blockbuster Night. Uh, same with Twitter. Now spell those with an N-I-T-E. And we're still on SoundCloud at 3 Day Rental. Um, Besides that, I don't have too much else to say. Let us know what you think. Leave us a comment. Like, comment, and subscribe. Smash that like. And honestly, listen to us on iTunes and and leave a comment. And um, rate us because that helps out with uh, iTunes with like filtering podcasts so that you know what to listen to. Um, stuff. Yeah. Write a review, even if it's not glowing. Like you know, we appreciate the criticism. <laughs> we would, we would to... love the criticism. Yeah, if you have something bad to say, please say. It. Leave yeah. us a nice witty pun in the comments section. So, um, if you disagree with anything that we're saying, maybe we talk too much. Maybe we talk too much about something, and you just don't agree. Let us know. Um, we <coughs> would love to hear it, and we would love to talk to you about it. Uh, we'll be back, I guess, in two weeks with. Showing you the money with Jerry Maguire.
Gerald. Jerry Maguire. Gerald into a Jerry Maguire. Good old Gerald Maguire. That's the Jerry Maguire theme. Is it? Yeah. You I never seen it. Okay. Complete so until oh, until then, it is that. to you. I guess. I'm Justin. I'm Brandon. I'm Gerald. I'm Mike, and we'll be showing you the money.